Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page, and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Tammy Alvarez about breaking all the rules and winning in your career. Tammy Alvarez, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thank you, John. It is very exciting to be here with you today. It is a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from Belize, and I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. It's a tad bit warmer where you're at. We got about 16 inches of snow yesterday, um, so we're we're just coming out of a snow day. Everything was shut down, um, oh and, uh, and now we're re-emerging. Uh, but yeah, yeah so it's... we always say we got like 16 inches of sand yesterday, right? So, uh... <laughs> but it is a windy day today, so the palm trees are are definitely swaying outside. That's for sure. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Well, I'm excited to chat with you today. We've been preparing for this for a long time, and today we're going to be exploring this idea of breaking all the rules and winning in your career. Uh, and I don't know if if this breaking all the rules comes from this, but I remember one of the most influential books for me when I was young in my career was from the Gallup organization called Break. I think it was called First Break All the Rules, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was it was transformative to me and just helping me reshape kind of a lot of assumptions that I had about myself, about life, about careers. Um, and I, I think it's a, it's good to make some good trouble, you know, like we need to disrupt things and we need to challenge things. And I'm, I'm super excited to explore all this with you today. As we get started, I wanted to share Tammy's bio with everybody. Tammy Alvarez is helping ambitious leaders in financial services and STEM industries to rebuild or accelerate their careers and become empowered business leaders. She will help you to rediscover the excitement of making a big impact and love every Monday morning again. And I love that too. I love the idea of uh, going home and refreshing over the weekend, but also being excited to go back and do some cool stuff and not have the the Sunday evening dreads yeah. of going back to work. Uh, so I, I think this is going to be fantastic. Just get those Sunday morning blues, right? And exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Tammy, before we dive on into the conversation, anything else you would like to share about yourself, your background, your personal context, um, and then we'll get going and launch into right. the conversation. 
Yeah, that sounds great. So just Reader's Digest version on my background. Um, I spent the last 20 years or so of my corporate career as an executive on Wall Street. And I got there in a very different way. Um, when I was in high school, I, my grades weren't very good. My parents had split up. We were poor. So I never went to college. And I did not get my degree until I turned 40. Um, and so but despite that, I was really able to become the youngest managing director on Wall Street, the only female, often the youngest person in the room, although that has certainly changed these days. Um, and so I really, the, where this rule breaking comes from is I couldn't get there the regular way. And I had to find a more, you know, because I was very ambitious with my career and I was a high risk taker and I just needed to find my own path there. And you don't know what you're doing until you have the benefit of hindsight. And so looking at all of the people that I had grown up with in my career, my clients that I service, the people that I've led, um, very talented people get put on the sidelines. And the reason is because they play by rules that don't serve them because they think they're supposed to. And so when I started this coaching practice five years ago, that's really the core essence of what I'm, I'm so passionate about is if you don't wake up fired up to do what you do, change it. And if you feel stuck, it's because you're paying attention to the rules that are not actually going to serve you. And I help people figure out how to get through that and have more for themselves. Yeah, well, there's certainly this notion that uh, you know, and we've, it's been ingrained in us since we were little children to conform, right? There's norms in the communities in which we reside in the workplace, certainly. And, you know, if, if you're not conforming, you're seen often as a problem, or at least that's perceived that way. And so a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people just are, are, first of all, they're not willing or comfortable to challenge things. Um, but a lot of times they don't even know they're allowed to, they, they don't right. know that it's a possibility, right? Yes. Yes. And, and the things that we assume are the way, you know, it's just the way they are, you know, that's, those are the things that you need to, to disrupt both for yourself and, you know, for, for the organizations that you're working for. Um, you know, one of the big things that we, that I'm a huge advocate on is really becoming that CEO of your career. Because when you start to treat your career like a business, you show up differently. You know, one of the best examples I've got is how many times have you either experienced or, you know, seen other people get the benefit of congratulations, we're going to give you a new team to manage. We're going to give you a high profile project. And guess what? There's no title change or compensation change. Isn't this great? Now, as a corporate employee, you're like, okay, it's an opportunity. You know, it'll happen. You know, things will catch up, blah, blah, blah. They don't usually. But if it was a business and you were contracting to a company that came to you, that's called scope creep, right? And those are things that you would charge more for. But yeah, in corporate, we don't do that, right? And we let our networks die because we're in, you know, because we don't need them. And we all know a company without a sales team isn't a company for very long. And so when you start to make yourself the CEO of you incorporated and you start to apply that to your career, it's amazing how fast things will change and start to move in a direction that you're more happy with. So what would you suggest to somebody, you know, who's sitting there listening, they sound, they, they think this sounds fantastic. I want to be empowered, take control over my career. You know, maybe they, they like the idea of making good trouble and disrupting things and challenging the status quo and challenging assumptions and such. 
but they also realize, you know, I'm putting my kids through college. I got a mortgage. I, you know, like these various things and, and it, it, it sends, it sends a shiver up their spine, you know, mm. that, that fear factor kind of takes hold. Absolutely. And I think that's honestly what ends up stopping a lot of people from doing this. Right. So what would you say to, to people who are, who are sitting here listening, thinking that, um, who may be inclined to try, but they're also quite fearful to take that first step. Yeah. And John, that's a great question because reality does kick in. <laughs> It's like, I can't, you know, change careers, become a barista and live in a year, right? That's just not something that we can do. Um, and I think one of the the most important things that we need to realize that in our career, there, I believe that there's seasonality. There are times where you can take more risk and there's times when you really have to hedge a little bit. If you've got two kids in college and they've got two years left, that's probably not the best time to say, hey, I'm going to go start my own company unless you've got some money in the bank. Um, and so, so realizing that you have the seasonality, I think it's important to really focus on what does success look like for you? After COVID, the goalposts have changed for a lot of us in terms of how we define success, but yet we haven't checked in with ourselves on that. We still are chasing the same things that we were chasing before COVID, but realizing that, you know what, maybe more balance is what's important to me. You know, maybe making a bigger impact is important to me. And so there's so many people who just keep going through the motions and your career happens to you versus having more of a purposeful drive and where you're taking things. So step one is to get really clear on what success looks like for you right now, regardless of what your friends think you should do or what they are doing, you know, what you're supposed to do, like put all that stuff away and really define success and then figure out what is the level of risk that you can take now. Um, you know, if you can't change jobs, if you really, or love the company that you're with, right. You're just trying to grow more then play within those constructs and find ways to get that done. You know, if you're at a position where your kids are out of college and you're good to go and you want to go do something big, now this may be your time to really hit it out of the park and do something dramatically different. Um, but really when you define success, understand your risk, and then make those plans to get to that success today, not in two years, not in five years, but now, then all of a sudden, you know, things will start to turn around for you in terms of what, you know, your enjoyment and how you feel on Sunday afternoon. Finding that success for yourself, that that's a tricky thing. And yeah. I, and I think a lot of us really need to do some active work at unpacking kind of societal norms and values and things that have been imposed on us yes. uh, around expectations. Uh, I, I think that's, most people have experienced that. And, you know, whether it's the parent, the well-intentioned parent, who's kind of asserting themselves on a particular college or school or career path that they want you to take, um, well-meaning, they just want you to be secure and successful and, and yeah, whatnot. Um, or, you know, the keeping up with the Joneses um, mentality or like all the different things that where society tells you, this is success. This is what you should be doing. And if you're not having these outward manifestations and you're not successful, like that's a lot to unpack for a lot of people and to work through. Um, but it's really essential work. And until you can get to the point where you can define success for yourself, set that other stuff aside. Some of your own definition might align with some of those things, but you may have vastly different um, components, different um, uh, variations around what's going to be most meaningful to you. And until you know that, it's going to be really hard to be strategic about crafting your own experience 
and, and developing your own career path uh, to get to those things. You're, you're going to end up, you're going to have the wrong objective and you're going to be end up chasing the wrong thing. And of course that leads to a lot of dissatisfaction and happiness and unfulfillment. It does. And, you know, I think you bring up a really good point, John, on the whole peer pressure thing. It was really interesting, um, you know, because I had, quote unquote, made it. I was a C-level executive for a Fortune 100 company, making a ton of money, living in Manhattan, being all fancy. And I'm like, I'm sick of this. I'm moving to a tropical island. And so many of my peers, instead of saying, oh, my God, that's so cool. They're like, why are you giving up? And I was like, okay, so how is moving to a tropical island, starting my own company, you know, how is that giving up? And so it was just really interesting in, you know, how it is perceived. But when I finally checked in with myself and said, you know what, I am bored out of my ever loving mind. If I have to sit through one more board meeting talking about, you know, dumb decisions we're making because we're living quarter to quarter, I'm going to lose my mind. And it was just, my daughter was off the payroll. It was a good time for me to just finally cut bait and do something very, very different. Um, but I couldn't do that until I really reassessed why I wasn't happy. And when I realized that it was just the thing that had served me for so long that I had become an expert in no longer met my definition of fulfillment. That was a hard thing for me to come to terms with because I had worked so hard to get there. And then you're finally there and you're like, "Mm, I don't really like this as it turns out. Right. So, um, you know, so there's a lot of just unwind there. Yeah. And I think you just highlighted also the fact that it could have been wonderful for you in that phase of your life. Right. So we have, we have different times, different seasons, uh, and you may have, you may be doing something where that aligns more with like a societal definition of success, or it may have aligned with your own personal values in the past, but we change over time. Like our values can shift over time. Our needs and wants and desires can shift with our various life stages and career stages. And so just because you you may have done the work to, to identify what's most important to you and then to go after it, but just because that served you for the last 10 years doesn't mean that's necessarily going to serve you for the next 10 years. Well, and so and we also have to be aware of that. Absolutely. And I think one of the most common things that I see are people who are in the last, you know, 15 plus years of their career um, feel stuck. Hmm. Yeah. It's like, okay, now I'm in this position where the thing I worked so hard for is no longer serving me for whatever reason. Now I don't know what to do. And I don't know how to get unstuck or how, you know, and so, and so this concept that to love your job is a pipe dream and that not, you know, people accept the fact that their jobs suck. (laughs) I don't know why that's okay. Um, You know, it's so, but when you feel stuck, when you feel like, you know, okay, I'm making too much money. Who's going to pay me at this age? Who's going to hire me? Um, You know, those types of things, it just breaks my heart because it's so fixable. And, you know, when you see somebody who's, you know, highly talented, professional, great at what they do, marginalized, um, and in some industries, financial services is one of them. I got news for you. There is ageism, right? So you get too old to play. And so you've got to really think about how do you transition your career when you start to get to that later stage in your career from getting paid for what you know, to getting paid for, or getting paid for what you do, to getting paid for what you know. Because when you hit that, then you're starting to become an advisor, not a doer. And making that transition um, is hard for some people to think about. But there's so many great strategies to not be stuck that there's no reason to stay stuck if you don't want to be. 
Yeah. And to also note that, again, I think everything we've been saying has, has highlighted the fact that everyone is unique. Everyone is different. That's kind of the whole point, right? Yes. Is that we don't need to buy into whatever general societal uh, expectations there might be. And I remember, for example, um, back when I was young, I, I'd spent a couple years abroad. I, I did a you know a year of university. I spent a couple years abroad. I then returned and I went back to work. I had to earn some more money because I kind of spent everything over that couple of years. And, uh, and I the best job I could find, the highest paying job, I, I did factory work for six months. Okay. Um, now, for me, my intention was earn money, go back to school. And I never wanted to work at the factory. I didn't want to work there full time, you know, for a career. Um, but it served a purpose for a period. And I'll, I'll say I didn't like it. Uh, it. It was it was a means to an end. Yeah. But but there were people I worked with who had been there for 30 years and they loved it. Like they thought yeah. it was fine, you know? Awesome. And so the point is everyone's different. Like for me, I fin- I finished my time there. I earned the money I needed. I went back to college and I never looked back. Um, right. But but there were plenty of people who worked there and they were fine having their careers and they loved the ability to clock in and clock out and go home and not think about work and just spend time with their families. And, and everyone has different sets of priorities and that's totally yes. cool. Um, and as as you were talking, you know, I'm thinking about the selection process that I went through when I was in my early college days. Uh, longtime listeners of the podcast have heard me say this before, but I switched majors a bunch of times, largely because I was trying to understand myself. I was trying to, you know, go through that process of self-discovery. What am I good at? What do I like? Um, and I found myself in a, in a major uh, that would have provided me with a really stable, successful careers in a very prestigious program, top, you know, two or three in the country. Um, and I was good at it. The problem was I didn't actually really like it that much. And the, fur- the further I got into it, the more I, could- yeah. the more I got into it, the more I couldn't imagine doing that for my whole career. Right. But, you know, it was prestigious and everyone was patting me on the back for like the success I was having and et cetera. And, and ultimately though, I, I changed my major one more time. I switched to something totally different. Um, something that seemed far less, um, uh, yeah, had far less potential. Uh, and, but I felt far more at home. Uh, I was doing stuff that I really enjoyed that I could see myself doing for forever. And you know, frankly, there are a lot of people were like scratching their heads and like, what are you doing? Are you, why are crazy? you blowing this great opportunity? Right. Why are you blowing it? And that's what, that's really how they were thinking. You're blowing it, man. Um, and I'm so glad though, that I, I had the courage then to do it. Otherwise I would have found myself 10, 15 years into my career, just feeling completely stuck yeah. doing something that I was good at. I probably had, you know, reasonable success. Um, but would it have actually enlivened me? No. Uh, does it enliven other people? Sure. And, and so that's good. So those people do that. Right. But I yeah. should do what's going to get me excited. And I think that's your whole point. And, and I think we've all had those experiences. So when we, regardless of the reason, when we find ourselves stuck, then we have to be be willing to take a step back, reevaluate, like many of us have done the last few years during the COVID period, reevaluate, re, you know, take take a stock of our priorities, uh, and then not be too afraid to to try some new things. And it's not an either or, like you don't have to, I mean, you, you left Manhattan and went to Belize, which is amazing, by the way, we were talking in the pre-interview how that's kind of a dream (laughs) of mine. Um, But you don't have to do that. I mean, you could 
you could keep your corporate job and start a side hustle or like, there's tons of things you can do. Um, but be, be, have a little bit of, of courage and, and faith in yourself to try some of those things to get unstuck. I think that, that is, is just so important. And I think one of the biggest things that slows people down, John, you were talking earlier about the fear factor, right? And that fear gets in our way. And for some reason, we believe that any change we make is now the new permanent change versus taking more of an experimental mindset to our lives and to our careers and say, what does this button do? (laughs) Right? If I were to push this button, what happens? Um, And I think that's really what some of the keys to, to my corporate success was, is that I was willing to try new things and not all of them worked out well. I mean, I've been fired twice. Like there's all kinds of things that went wrong by trying new things, but taking off the pressure that whatever you decide has to be like it. Um, Cause a lot of my clients get stuck in that. It's like, well, I need to, you know, know what I'm going to do next for like the next 10 years. I'm like, why? It's like, how about two? Let's like try, let's try two and see how that goes. Um, so take the pressure off and use it as more of an experiment because I think the more we step into something new, we get new perspectives that you would never have unless you're in it. Now you're more informed and you can make better decisions for yourself. So that's, you know, I think that permanency is another contribution to where people, you know, the fear kind of stops them from doing the next thing. Yeah. So, I mean, what you're describing is lowering the stakes, right? Because you don't have to make that one decision that's going to change the trajectory for the rest of your life. Um, You know, of course, every decision we make can have vast impacts on the rest of our opportunities. But if we, if we take this iterative mindset, this experimental mindset, um, I think of it, you know, in terms of design, design thinking, you know, if you're rapidly, if you're rapidly iterating uh, and trying different things, um, it doesn't have to work great. Like you could try something and learn from it and then try something else. And especially if, you know, if you don't feel like you have this, the ability to give up your stable, you know, corporate gig, yeah. start a side hustle and try stuff. Yeah. Like you can try all sorts of things on the side and, and explore and, and just find your passion and find what works and where your contribution can be made that will be valued in the market, you know, and maybe it'll, it'll result in your ability to, to completely swap out your, you know, your, your current corporate gig or whatever you're doing for something else. Um, and so, yeah, design thinking for career success. That sounds like a great topic for a seminar I want to go does. to. Absolutely. Um, All right. I'm on it. Right. So, um, <laughs> you know, and I think one, one more thing I want to just cut off on really quickly that I think is so important is we have this polarized view of failure and success, right? You either succeed or you fail. And I don't think enough people realize that failure is a part of success. You can't truly succeed unless you failed. And so, you know, so, so taking off the pressure of defining what failure is, it's like, that's learning, um, you know, and failing forward and failing fast, you know, really helps you accelerate. And so trying to avoid failure at the end of the day is slowing you down. Yeah. It's going to cost you, right. It's going to cost you so much opportunity for learning and growth and development. And you might you know, maintain your kind of facade of stability (laughs) and this facade of certainty and predictability. Um, But the world is going to continue to change all around you. And pretty soon, you know, five, 10 years down the road, you're going to be looking at yourself and you'll be like, what is going on? You know, what happened? Everything changed around me and I'm not happy. And I don't really know what to do at this point. Yeah. Let's, let's just lean into it you know, fall forward, fail, fail fast, as you mentioned, and iterate and just try things. I, I think all of that's uh, 
Awesome. And, you know, you've talked several times about just taking ownership over your own career, be the CEO of your own career, um, regardless of what that looks like. And everyone is different. Everyone has different priorities. Um, but when you take that ownership, it, it really does unlock so much possibility. And, and then, you know, when we talk about the, the Sunday morning blues or, you know, that Sunday evening, you're just dreading, you know, oh. <laughs> the, the start of the new week. One of the reasons why you feel that way is because you're, you know, you feel stuck and you feel like you don't have control over your own context and your own situation. You're going to go back to work, working for the man, quote unquote, doing the, you know, the stuff that maybe you don't really like, uh, getting back on the hamster wheel, right? That's the metaphor. And when you're just getting on the hamster wheel, it just seems pointless. It does, it's not meaningful. Uh, it, it could be work that you actually would like. Otherwise it could be work that you found meaningful in the past, but when you just find yourself on this hamster wheel, yeah, you got to disrupt that. Uh, and, and ultimately that will, you'll find Re, you know, find or refine or rediscover your passions uh, and, and what will interest you. Now, there's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, any work is honorable. It's like whatever people need to do. And like when I worked in the factory, it was a means to an end. It wasn't what I wanted to do long term, but I needed to earn money. And if I was in a situation where, you know, it's the difference between, um, you know, paying my mortgage and putting food on the table for my kids. I'm going to do whatever I need to do. Absolutely. I don't care what the job is. Yeah. I'm going to make sure that I'm taking care of my family. Um, so I, you know, we're not talking about, we're not trying to demean any kind of profession or occupation. Yeah. Work is honorable. Um, but we, we also can go after things that are meaningful and purposeful to us that, that help us leverage our own innate talents and, and get us excited. Like we don't have to cash that chip in maybe in the short term, maybe in particular situations or contexts, we have to make those sacrifices, but long-term for your whole career, most people don't find themselves in that situation where they have to just basically give up, uh, their, their, their own autonomy. Um, you know, and, and we can, uh, look at, look for, and, and, and discover things that will allow us to both provide, you know, the, the needs for our families and, and whatever the, our context, um, but also find, find fulfillment, find meaning and purpose. Well, Tammy, this has just been a fun conversation. Uh, we could go on and on, but I know the time I need to let you <laughs> go here in just a minute. We going for a bit on this, yeah. Before we wrap things up for today, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, your team, uh, and then give us the final word on the topic for today. All right. Sounds great. So um, you can find us at careerwinnercircle.com and please reach out on LinkedIn to connect with me. It's Tammy Alvarez on LinkedIn. Um, we've got coaches that are here and ready to help you in every stage of your career. Um, so whether you're a leader looking to level up, whether you're looking to make that change because Sundays are not your favorite day of the week, uh, we're just here to help you in, in all of those ways. So John, thanks again for the invitation and for the opportunity to reach out to your audience today. Thank you so much. I encourage my audience to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Tammy and her team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page. And please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support.
Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.